Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Hit record like that and then um, we will we'll get cracking and I'll just move my notes to the side so I can see what I'm doing. Um, brilliant. Jason, it's, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Thinking Church podcast. It's, it's great to have you. Um, before we get cracking and getting into our kind of what you do, um, well, why don't you tell us about what you do uh, in your job and where you're from and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so my title is a very long one. It's Operations, Communications and Creativity Coordinator, which takes an eternity to write down in itself. <laughs> uh, uh, Rediscovered Church in Exeter, which is an Elam church. Um, so I've been in the role for two years, but I've been in the church probably about for six years or something like that. But before I worked in the church, I worked for God TV. So I was the social media manager for God TV. So working with the likes of Jesus Culture, Joyce Meyer, all, all those big hitters, if you want to call it, yeah. um, and really developing the social media strategy for God TV, which was a massive change. So, yeah, I've got heart for online, uh, heart for community. Um, and, yeah, you know, we're probably in the most exciting period of 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 how we can use online for mission, discipleship. We've had no other option during COVID. <laughs> it's, it's been like, we, you know, we have services online or, or just don't happen at all, quite frankly. So it's great to see churches just exploring this new arena and working out what it kind of means to them as well. Yeah, though, that's really, really cool. And and we met recently. Um, it was actually just recently we first met and it was that you were helping my church kind of think through live streaming plans and, and think about the future with that. And you are just a great help uh, to us. Um, what I'd love to dive into first, and you know, you've got a lot of experience in this area. Uh, what are the common mistakes that you're seeing when churches are starting to think about live stream? What, what are they? Yeah. What are mistakes that you're seeing? Yeah. Well, to do a live stream nowadays is actually easier than it's ever been before. To to get high quality video product is as easy as it's ever been before. For example, I you know on my computer I use Premiere Pro for editing. Now Premiere Pro a couple of years back was much more expensive than I'm paying at the moment. You know the tech is easily available, but what churches uh, need to realise is that it, it, you know we don't want to create a Netflix style broadcast. We don't want to create a Netflix style church program. And we have audiences watching. And to make sure that that is a center point of every single church online broadcast. Um, and, you know, I see some great churches, you know, of course, you know, our, the product, if we call it a product, is so important. But I have such delight when I see a church and the, the pastor has got an iPad by their by the pulpit or where they're speaking and they're seeing the comments from all those who are watching online it's like that's great this is a two-way communication it's not uh you know and it's very interesting if you look at you know uh in-person services right of course you have that level of of people watching a service and 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 perhaps online uh, perhaps in person you don't have that 
greater level of interactivity. But online, I think it's really important because we can be totally phased out by that screen. It's, it's another program. It's a, another thing we're watching. But actually, when uh, people are have prayer requests um, and they're watching online, like, through the service, we can pray for them. On Sunday, um, we um, took prayer requests for our online audience. And we said to people, we said, do you know what? Like, you know, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that God touches lives. And not only that, we didn't want to make it a Netflix experience and leave it at that. We actually said, do you know what? If you have a prayer request, go on the chat room and tell us your prayer requests. So we had that. We had mobile phones, we had iPads, and we were seeing those prayer requests and we were praying for them. So we could pray for Joe, who has got a, you know back pain, for this, that, whatever. And, and that is so, so important. But so uh, with that as well, it's, um, you know, you've got that level of interactivity. But we've also, I know as a church, looked at how long the services last and the kind of content of the services. So I know a big transition for us from in-person to online was uh, actually shortened down the services, to be honest. So we did go for an hour and a half, hour and three quarters, something like that. But now it's one hour. And, and I guess if you, look, if you look at Netflix, right, if we look at the programmes we watch, they seem to be much kind of sharper, uh, probably due to an attention span with that. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think uh, right now is for churches to even look at that. Is, is an hour too long? Um, we as a church do communion every day on Facebook and YouTube. So at 7.20 in the morning, every single morning we do communion and that is five minutes long. Um, and we have about 80 people who watch into to this communion um, from you know their tablets on their TVs, wherever it may be, and also a lot on, on demand as well. And they're tuning every morning. And, and that's an, um, a rhythm every single day that people are tuning in. Now, that's not your traditional hour broadcast. And, and Thomas, I imagine a lot of churches haven't thought about those microcosm, small broadcasts, small engagement points. But we know people are busy. And I think, you know, as we look to, uh, you know, transition in, into, you know, this is online. It's not a stopgap. It's not, a, you know, a, a filler for COVID-19. Actually, it's part of our fabric of everyday lives. Actually, we, we need to shake it up to shake it up that it is community centred. It is broadcast in a way, delivered in such a way that is is easy to digest for someone. Uh, think of that five minutes or a little bit longer, maybe. Um, but also, you know, as I say, like, you know, the, the kit um, it is, you know, of course, you know, you need to spend money for kit. <laughs> but in reality, you can do it from your webcam. In reality, you can do it from your phone. And actually looking for the authenticity. Uh, one thing that keeps coming up uh, so many times, up and up again, is that authenticity is authenticity is so rich. I know a church and they have they do an evening broadcast at like 7 p.m. in the night. They have about 200 people watching this broadcast um, and he's just broadcasting on his phone. Like, you know, the tech is easy, but he is so big on engagement, so big on community. So it's a big shift in, you know, it's say it's not a stopgap. It's how can we right now use it to, to harness community and for mission and discipleship? Yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, that's that's great. And um, I know that there's this kind of growing conversation that's happening in the church about uh, this word hybrid ministry is coming up and, and hybrid, you know, people talk about how do you do hybrid? Um, why do you think that hybrid ministry is important? Do you, if you think it's important at all? And and do you think it's the kind of the future for our church? And 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 why do you think it's the future of the church? Yeah, so as a church, we've been doing live streaming in all sorts of capacity for 
um, well, for a long time, eight years, nine years, 10 years, something like that. And so we've always explored the concept of hybrid. So pre-COVID, we had a week of prayer. Um, Now, this week of prayer, I think the prayer meetings were like six o'clock in the morning. So, um, you know, you've got people, the avid prayer goers who are very happy to come to church (laughs) and pray in the prayer room. Then you have a substantial number of people who, frankly, you know, this is not a good time for them to go out the house. Or indeed, I know uh, we're based in Exeter, but we are Devon wide local church. So we have people who travel to our services three quarters an hour to an hour sometimes to come to our services. So realistically, to get to a 6 a.m. prayer meeting, that's just not going to happen. So what we did, we um, explored um the hybrid approach to that prayer meeting so what we did we set up a tv in the corner of this room and we plugged in a laptop to it and what we did very simply we had this in-person prayer meeting but then we had a whole ton of people on zoom and they were praying throughout the prayer meeting so people had a bit of a shock when they uh, zoom was still quite well quite new in the fabric of the church and so people had a surprise when they realized it was a webcam so we had people watching from their bed <laughs> which gave them a bit of a shock when they knew they were on webcam then um but um we, yeah we had this whole thing so in person also online um and it was so pivotal to that week of prayer so so pivotal because we engaged a whole group of people who would have not come to that prayer meeting uh, but also a whole group of people who've got kids a whole group of people i say who live far away a whole group of people who um the thought of of coming is just not in their mindset but it's easier click of a button you can come to a prayer meeting um and we found it so 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 important so as we look to hybrid now we know that online it is important to, to to reach people who are not in our church buildings right now. But also people find that online is is easier for, for, for lifestyle, right? Um, so, you know, I was talking to one church in Birmingham and they were saying like their prayer meetings just didn't do very well, to be honest. You got a couple of faithful prayer goers that went there and it was great. But then they've opened up online and a huge number, like the whole church is yeah. is taking part in prayer. So, and it, and it completes it. And, and, and you have got this, you know, this, this question really, you know, does prayer, for example, does it work online, right? Um, and and we know that God works through any space. So I believe, you know, I believe he does. Of course, you've got quirks like, you know, worshipping online on Zoom is really not the same <laughs> because of Internet yeah. delays. So you have got those quirks there. You know, it's easy for speaking in tongues because you're all speaking over each other. <laughs> and that sort of thing. So it kind of works really well there. Of course, you have those quirks, but this is the biggest opportunity that we see online is important. We see that people have embraced online. Their their lifestyle has changed. Um, you know, this whole community and things I said, like the thought of going on their phone at 7.20 in the morning, pre-COVID, probably might have seemed a bit of a random idea, to be honest. It might have seemed like, all right, great, but I'm not too sure about that. But during COVID, people are at home, right? This was a lifestyle that their mobile phone was a lifeline to them. So now we know that it is an opportunity. We, you know, we have to think about it. And it's it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, you know, we've done big prayer events um, when we've had like hundreds of people in the room and also hundreds of people online. And to address both audiences, it's actually quite difficult because, you know, where do you direct your attention to? Like, you know, if you're talking to online, you know, you might say online stuff that's not relevant to in person um, or, you know, there's all sorts of different quirks. That, you know, I, I know Mark from our, from uh, Rediscover Church, he always says, is that actually not uh, the easiest thing to do, really? Um, but I think there's there's going to be a, a heightened understanding right now as you understand what hybrid is that, do you know what, there is an online audience. Frankly, I was there. <laughs> In COVID, you know, I was the only audience. 
Um, but actually working out, you know, what what is what is it going to be right now? And and it's going to be, I think, a big journey. That is, you know, if online wasn't the biggest journey ever, it's right now. How can we embrace hybrid, um, in, you know, into the future? Yeah, I remember uh, the kind of the first hybrid uh, thing that, that my church dived into. I mean, it was actually a, a leaders meeting because um, my the leadership team I'm a part of at my church, uh, we've number of ha- number of us have you know small kids, and so the Friday lunchtime meeting we tried it with you know the kids running around, but obviously that wasn't a great idea. So what we could do is. Um, you know, me or my wife could stay at home and we'd take turns about coming to the meeting, but we we didn't have to sort of wait and get home and say, oh, what, what did you talk about? We just came in on Zoom and, you know, they, they, they set a phone up somewhere. And if we wanted to jump in with a question, then we just, you know, talk and hopefully they can hear us. And and it worked actually really, really well. And, and you got used to that kind of thing. Um, so it's... It, I, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, you know, for that prayer meeting, we navigated through loads of challenges. Very simply, is if you've got people praying in the room, some people pray really quietly. <laughs> some, you know, you you know, you can barely hear them, to be honest. Then some people shout, you know, it's, yeah. you know, when you're on a prayer, you're on a prayer thing. So, um, you know, how do you get that quality of audio online? <laughs> because having this, you know, tiny little webcam with a tiny microphone in the corner um, probably is not going to pick it up very well to be honest um you know you know a a microphone is going to challenge well who am i listening to in the room so we upgraded our sound so this is you know i think this is a big thing for churches how can they make their rooms accessible for hybrid so very simply for us as a a prayer room we like okay well we're going to purchase a microphone we can put bang in the center of the the prayer of the prayer gathering Um, and when you wanted to pray very simply you went up to this microphone so it kind of stepped forward and of course by stepping forward you were closer to the microphone and you could be heard more um you know we said to people when they ask us uh, praying quietly try to speak up a little bit more yeah. for you know for, for um you know for the online viewers so actually you know we've we even thought pre-covid how can we adapt our buildings look at ihop right if you look at international house of prayer they've got a prayer room that's 24 7 that is you know has a massive online following but obviously in person too that whole room is kitted out as a a studio really you know they've got cameras going everywhere and the microphones are really good high quality sound so actually want to go to the prayer room you know if you look into praise hybrid events I think we have to consider, you know, getting a kit that really, you know, make sure the online viewers don't have a second kind of a second chance offering that is is OK, <laughs> because it's not just OK, it's valuable. You know, the online the online world is valuable because people that is going to be an engagement point for, you know, our services or events and all that. Yeah, great. Um, and IHOP do great pancakes as well. It's worth saying that. Well, <laughs> good point. <laughs> <laughs> so w- when we're thinking about uh, live streaming and thinking specifically about the, the Sunday service, um, when when I spoke with you initially just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you kind of showed us there was kind of two routes or you kind of showed two ends of a spectrum. Um what are those two ends of the spectrum when you're thinking about live streaming and creating this kind of like online service? What are the, the routes that you can go down? 
Yeah, there are so many different options with um, online. Um, you, you've got uh, churches such as uh, Life Church in America. Um, Life Church in America, um, they've got a huge church online. They've been doing it for a number of years. And it's interesting, the people who watch church online, fundamentally, they're kind of happy if that online congregation stays online forever, to be honest. Um, it's, you know, they call it an online congregation. It's an online campus. You know, there might be that familiar term for online campus. And, um, you know, uh, people might invite friends around their home. Um, and you know, they'll have kind of loads of satellite campuses, to be honest, as well, you know, of church online with people putting the services on their TV. Um, and it's kind of church at home sort of style, really. But then you've kind of got the um, I guess I'm thinking kind of might be alluding to like kind of the other model where you know church online is a very uh, an opportunity for people to see what church is like but then the second thing is get stuck into a local church yeah. um you know and, and i think i know at rediscover we we probably more look favorable at that um you know i think there is a, a different dynamic when you meet someone in person um that is you know a very different <laughs> perhaps different relationships really it's interesting during covid we've had probably about um 12 different probably optimistic actually eight eight nine different people who've asked to become membership and members of the church who we've never met in person wow. they've only watched online <laughs> we have a guy who applied for membership uh, last week he started watching the service in february and he's applied to be a member and he's now moving to the area to get closer to the church <laughs> wow. like, you know that was from a, that was from an online engagement first of all um, so um, and I and I guess that's probably how we seek it. So you know we've we've had people who have watched online and they've been really stirred by the services and uh, which is brilliant. But we, you know that's been our conversation and always been like you know is there a local church you can get get plugged into? Because I think there are pastoral challenges. Um, you know, you only know someone from a box on screen on Zoom. Um, you know, you, you don't get, you know, when you go around someone's house, you get an insight into someone's life. Um, when you uh, meet someone, when you have a different context of meeting someone, you, yeah, you just, you know, you, their life, understanding their life opens to so much greater. So you, so you have got, yeah, two ends of the spectrum, get everything between that as well. So if you want to call it, yeah, church campus, who are very, um, you know, have a community online, you might have a church online pastor, loads of churches, well, that's probably a big word, but an increasing number of churches are, are looking, OK, can we get a pastoral role for online who, um, you know, look after the flock online? Yeah. Um, you know, how can we disciple people online again who we've never met and we will, might not ever met? Um, we, we're doing Alpha Online at the moment. We've got someone on our Alpha Online course who lives in Kenya. Um, we don't wow. know how they found out about the course, but we're <laughs> facilitating Alpha Online that lives in Kenya. So you, you know, you've got the whole thing, and then so you've got the other thing of, of 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 getting people plugged into a local church. And and you know, we found that online has been so important for people who are who are unwell. You know, for people who um you know can't. We had a lady who could not get out of the house for a long, long time, and we were her church. Um, she, um, you know, did everything that it would associate, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, a close friend of the church would do, really. Uh, she prayed for us. She would do, you know, do everything like that. Um, but we never met her in person. So it, it's a really interesting time, you know, and I think any churches looking to really see the value of, of online um, is is yeah where where do you go with it we know it's it's great missional opportunity we know as a church we've done lots of missional 
um, outreaches online for students. So for students moving to Exeter University, we might run some Facebook ads um, directed to freshers coming to Exeter University yeah. and say, hey, come into Exeter in September. Why not check out our live stream? And they do. They watch online. Then they come in person when they come in September, move to Exeter. And of course, they, they know people's names because they've been watching online for a long time. But they yeah. know what the services are like. They, you know, they've done they've done a taste of that. And so, you know, there's a term that Kerry Newhoff says that, um, you know, online is kind of the digital front door for the church. Yeah. Um, you know, you can walk, you know, you can walk through the door and, um, you know, the online, the, your social media presence, your website, your online is the digital front door. And I guess it is thinking it more of that, you know, other end of the spectrum that, it, you know, it, it is a, a stepping stone to people to come through the door. Um, but this is why, you know, looking at, say, that whole thing about stopgap, the whole thing about tying us over, you know, that that's gone, <laughs> gone out yeah. the window now. It has tied us over. But now how can you use it for mission discipleship? And it is part of people's lives now, um, you know, and their fabric of their everyday living. You know? So when we're thinking about doing online services, there's there's lots of different platforms. You get that conversation a lot where people are asking, you know, what platform are you on? What platform are you using? Uh, could you just run us through some of the platforms that that's available? I know there's some, you know, there's probably more, some more mainstream ones. There's some more bespoke ones as well. Uh, yeah. What are the things we need to think through when we're choosing the right platform for a live stream our service? Yeah, so um, yeah, it's right. You know, people ask the churches where are you where are you streaming to, and you've got your regulars like Facebook and YouTube, um, which are you know very common. Um, one, I guess, downside of it is that it's a very public space. <laughs> um, you know, if someone said I've got a prayer request, um, quite frankly, everyone's going to see that prayer request <laughs> because there is one single chat room. But then you've got something called the Church Online Platform, which is a free platform from Life Church in America. So any yeah. church can sign up to it. Um, and it is a chat room, but also there's a live prayer button. So what that means is that you can have a one-to-one -one prayer with someone. Um, and we've had the most powerful, craziest prayers in that time. Like um, with Life Church in America, I volunteered with them for, for a long time. I've prayed in a one-to-one -one prayer with someone who um, was going to commit suicide that night. She actually wow. said, I've come to church online and I, I want to end it all. This is my last hope. And I've prayed with her one-to-one. -one. Now, you know, of course, you get loads of safeguarding issues and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, this is ministry real front line, right? You know, I was a last hope and so, you know, prayed with her and, you know, by the end, um, she was like, okay, I'm, you know, this is, you know, suicide is not, not my thing, but, you know, we've prayed for people, um, who have, you know, marriage difficulties and all that sort of stuff, but this sort of thing probably might not happen on a public platform, on a public chat room, but having those, you know, those, um, separate windows of conversation that live prayer button that, you know, we have a prayer team, we have our online pastors who are, chatting to people on the chat room they are you know saying hi hope you're okay great to see you at church you know they might be praying for people on the main public chat form but you get those people who just don't want to share on public yeah so you know they pray one-to-one -one. Uh, and and uh, at the same time the church line platform is a really great platform for anyone to check out um but you can also get a, a second person in that one-to-one -one prayer so you know for example we, we've had people about marriage difficulties we've had people um, someone who says they've been cutting, you know, like right, real, okay. you know, like real hard, you know, 
difficult stuff um and that you probably you know part of our safeguarding thing is you want a second person to, to kind of support you through that because yeah. it's it, it's really difficult um so um yeah so that's a joy of the church line platform which you've got that kind of library button but then there's some really interesting technology um out there um one platform that a couple of churches have been using and we've been exploring we discovered church is called alter live alter live okay. is a platform where you can embed it's a bit like the zoom but also a bit like church online and everything in between it's um you can choose a virtual seat in an auditorium so there's a virtual seat auditorium and if you, and also there's an opportunity to have like a coffee time you can choose a virtual seat around a table um so it's it, you know this is you know uh, uh, you know we say think of facebook and youtube it's very i guess you can call it netflix you're watching something but yeah. you know with this alter live if you what you do is when you church choose a virtual seat you also choose to watch the service of them it's a bit like a bit like a watch party so you, you know you have four people in that room you're sitting with them and you say hey i want to watch a service with you and when we have interactive elements in the service you interact with the people you're sitting with <laughs> so it's a you know it's that kind of hybrid really and and it is moving about netflix to the community netflix to the community how can you, um and, and and church i know in plymouth they broadcast their service into like a zoom call and people don't watch the service on Facebook. They don't watch a service on YouTube. They don't watch a service on the Churchline platform. They watch it on a Zoom call. And of course, when you're a Zoom call, you can see other people. So, yeah. um, you know, when um, if, the, if the service, there's a joke in there, um, you see everyone laughing. Um, you know, it, when you have an opportunity to pray for each other, um, you can, as a Zoom call, pray for each other. So so actually having to think about this new emerging tech, Alt Alive and all that sort of stuff, but also, um, you know, just as bedding a service into a Zoom call is a great way to build community that way as well. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've seen a lot of TV shows now starting to incorporate, you know, people's faces on a giant screen. Now, I know everyone doesn't have a giant screen like that. You've been that. watching Saturday Night Takeaway, ain't you? It must be that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. That's it. Um, and the other, the other thing is that the, the Alt Alive reminds me of this. Um, do, you, do you remember this really old I never used it, but I heard about it. It was, it was something like Second Life or something like that, where you could yeah. go around and talk to people and it got a bit odd and then it, people ended up kind of leaving it because it was a bit so odd. So Second Life was um, like you can, it was called uh, St. Pixels. Well, I think they're probably different iterations. I think it was a Methodist church at the time, which is really pioneering for, for them, I think it's fair to say as well. Um, but they built up this cathedral on Second Life with virtual characters, wow. with virtual Sims characters. Um, and it was the most at the time bizarre thing to be honest it was like well yeah. you know this is bizarre but what happened church happened yeah <laughs> like healings happened people came to faith on like you know and i think i think whatever platform you choose god can work there yeah. um so why it closed down is that there's if you um amazon it or any good book a book retailer you can see that you know just um look at the journey of it because some people have written about it um, and, you know, then you had some uh, people who really hated all that sort of thing. So they came and trashed the whole place. That's how it kind of ended. Right. When okay. you have people who came in and they spray painted the pews, they knocked down right. the flower pot in, the, in this virtual Sims world. Uh, but there were there were weddings on, on Sims. There was all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we'll ever get back to that state. But certainly... You know, I, I was be, uh, I saw on BBC News actually someone who um, is a, a vicar who does gaming, um, and they use Twitch to, um, yeah. you know, yeah, to to you know the 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 I can't remember what they call it this time, but you know, and they do games and they've got a whole non-Christian audience and they have church over gaming, and you know he'll say to people during the game, hey, does anyone have any prayer requests tonight, guys? Um, and people go on Twitch and they 
put their comments down. They put their prayer requests down and he prays for them. You know, like that is, you know, the whole idea. What does church look like um, in what format? We've got a guy in our church who um, every single night he does a Bible study. He is 18 years old um, and, and between 35 and 40 young people around 18 years old host a Bible study every single night at nine o'clock from nine o'clock until 10 p.m. Um, and friends are inviting friends and they have a Bible study. I know, you know, this is a young person. I mean, frankly, he set them set, set this up himself. Um, he just started a Zoom call with some mates and he thought, you know what, do a Bible study tonight about revelation <laughs> of all Bible. Of all Bible <laughs> um, and it was like, okay, that's going really well. And someone else invited someone else. And so you've got these faith-filled young believers who, on you know, uh, as well as engaging on the Sunday, have got their own Bible study on Zoom. And frankly, you know, a group of 35 people, I mean, you know, what do we count as a church community? You know, I think that's pretty good. Mm. You know, you know, it's a it's a it's a church at night. You know, and um, so I think what we what are we understand to be a service to be a church to be is going to be changing our mindset in the future. Yeah. So yeah, do it. I think I don't know. Zim, I don't think Zim, well, what it was at the time, this whole church sim sort of thing, I don't exist now. But you know, that there, there will be different um platforms that come out that i've been using clubhouse quite a lot oh yeah um and so um there's been i've listened to a conversation last night about radio and about the future of radio um and it was fascinating you had about 150 people listen to an audio conversation on clubhouse um it's like you know could a a church happen on clubhouse you know of audio conversations like it's you know bizarre but it's going to be a little bit interesting you know and yeah. I think with that church leaders will have to probably be in a much releasing stage of actually go for it and see what happens um you know God is you know obviously get different styles of churches who you know agree this can happen this way and this and not you know I think where we see God at move where we see healings where we see salvation you know it's clearly at work there you know so it's, yeah. it's interesting times is a really interesting one because uh you know when you think about um i was, I was reading acts yesterday and it talks about you know they, they met in the, the temple courts and and you know i've been up on the you know the temple mount and seen the you know what it is it's just big open space and you get you know you so you can get all of these groups you didn't at the time you know when i went up there but back in you know two thousand years ago you'd have had all these groups to sort of congregating and meeting and almost you know club, clubhouse is a bit of a virtual thing of that where you can get you know there's all these different groups gathering and, and conversations happening and and really interesting things that can happen so i think there's there's so much interesting things that can happen with all these emerging texts you know i think twitch is gonna probably be a, a growing one because it's you know i think it's happening more than just gaming as well it's becoming the, the sort of the, the a live streaming platform as well so i think it's really i think it's really fascinating um for um Thinking again again about sort of those Sunday services, we're going to have that situation where, okay, we're now going to be live streaming our service. So how do you cater well for both people in the room and people online? Because I think, like you said earlier, it's a, you know, in one sense, you have two different audiences at the same time. How do you put that together to make something that's still compelling and working well? How do you guys do it at at your church? Yeah, it's... um... 
we've been doing so for a long time, but we've got loads of considerations now. For example, on Sunday, you know, our camera guys, we've got no congregation in the building sitting down. So our con- camera guys can wander wherever they like. Um, and we've really pushed our camera guys to get some just really creative and interesting shots. And with that, they are going to not stick to one position. They're going to get their camera. They're going to move here, move there, move everywhere, get on stage, move that over. Well, of course, when we go back to having congregation services they're probably not going to have that free room of the building so um you know we're considering okay where where are we going to place our congregation you know we we really value that online experience so we're not going to diminish it equally you know there needs to be um you know some sort of you know area where they can do their camera work so um so yeah yeah there are lots of uh, considerations on that but certainly knowing the names of who is watching online i know a church in bristol and they have got a, a TV in the middle of their, of their stage and they kind of drop in to the online audience. So, you know, they might say, OK, we've got someone, a Joe lined up uh, from, uh, you know, from a couple of miles away from Airbnb and they put him on screen. And so the congregation in the service can see Joe who's watching it online might be his bacon butter he's sitting down on the sofa, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but having that bridge and, and, that, and that name gap there. Um, but it's it's not it's not going to be a, a simple thing i think it's going to be a, a lot a, a lot of creativity we we um we're currently looking at the book of proverbs at the moment and um one of that you know talk about honoring how can we honor people how can we uh, you know look at our life and see you know where god has impacted our life through people you know and, and, and pretty much you want to say thank you to people so thank you to the person who's in my life so last sunday our pastor phoned up this person on stage in the service and, and, and said okay I'm now going to demonstrate how we can honour people and say thank you to people. So he, he went up his contact contact list and he phoned them and he said, um, hey, I just want to say I'm in the sermon at the moment. I want to say thank you you know, for what you've done in my life. We we're actually thinking about replicating that in the service when we have on, in con, when congregation services. We're going to be honouring people. So, you know, the NHS worker who has been working all night and to come in person um, to service, you know, just not the top of the radar. She's really, you know, really, yeah. really tired. In our service, we're going to get the phone, get the phone out from stage and say, OK, we're not going to phone them up and we're going to put the phone uh, microphone to the phone and we're gonna you know say hey you know um you know Josie we're so appreciative for you you know we realize that coming right now to church is you know is difficult because you know lifestyle right now but we want to honor you and thank you um and so we're going to be um there might not even be some planned stuff we're going to drop into our online viewers um you know so hopefully they will be watching <laughs> or they might oh dear, i'm at the beach so be like okay um but we're going to drop in our online viewers and you know you can um you know to do that in person is really easy isn't it you know you can spot someone in the in the congregation can say hey you know i can see you at the back there you know hey i know you know you've been through a challenging time in your life um you know come to stage and you know just want to pray for you and honor you and you know um you know celebrate you right now but to do that online you just have to be intentional thinking of creative ways to do that whether it's on a phone whether it's a video whether it's a pre-record um we um and opens up some challenges. We we um, have someone who is, does mission work. He's a bit like a, um, I guess a bit of a James Bond sort of character in our church. He goes to remote communities around the world mm-hmm. and he, he, he preaches the gospel. So he goes literally to people who've never heard the gospel because they're so, 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 so remote with his family and he does mission work there. So um, we, for a long time period, interviewed different, uh, we interviewed him, but we all, you know, about mission work, but we also interviewed like the local council. We also interviewed the police. We also interviewed NHS workers, different sectors of society who, again, would would perhaps not be in the building 
Jordan, like you know, the, the leader of the council, probably might not have ever come to our church services, but we want to honour him and to integrate as part of our services insight. So we did a video inter- interview, and we played that. Um, so I think you know, having that um, opportunity that you can drop in, you know, having that two-way engagement point, <laughs> whether on a phone, whether on webcam, wherever it may be, and you know, to always, always have that iPad out, always have that phone out, um, and it's you know. And it's not to say this is easy, not to say by any means we get it perfect, by any means. But we're on a journey that, um, you know, if if people are there, we should we should be too. You know, make them needed and known um, that, um, yeah, they have it. You know, and it's, and it's fascinating, like pre-COVID, we streamed online, say, for a number of years. And we have people on the chat room asking, um, you know, if, if they talked about the Holy Spirit from stage, um, people might drop on the chat room, a non-Christian, to say, Who's the Holy Spirit? I have no idea yeah. who's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, there are actual questions that I'm sure church congregations have as well. You know, you have your person who's ever been to church, like who's the Holy Spirit? Who is what is communion? Um, and the good thing is when people ask that on chat room, we fed that back to the pastor on stage. So we mm-hmm. just said, Hey, you know, we've got this person online, just ask who's the Holy Spirit. And then the pastor actually said, Oh, we've got someone online so asking who the Holy Spirit is. So here is who the Holy Spirit is. You know, I'm not presuming oh, yeah. Um, so actually, you know, or, and that, that's amazing, that two-way communication actually, you know, that affected his, his what he was going to say, <laughs> you know, it yeah. wasn't going to go into a whole new level of who the Holy Spirit is and whatever it may be, warfare it may be. Um, it was kind of basic stuff, you know. Um, so the whole heap of creativity, it says not, you know, it's not a simple answer, but think about how can we integrate our online audience and how does it affect the content of our services too as well? Yeah, that's so, so good and so helpful. I know that um, our church, we've been starting to talk about, uh, even starting to think about uh, after a series of, you know, preaching series, maybe doing like Q&As. And Love just because what, you know, what better way to cr- create that kind of um, integration, that that community, but just answering the questions because, you know, you think you know what people are thinking, but reality is when people ask the questions and and, and they, they can send them in. And, you know, you can answer those, you know, it might be, they might be, you know, who's the Holy Spirit. It could be something, um, you know, much more in depth, but, you know, it, it depends who's listening and, and it can be helpful for them. And I think that's really, that's really cool. Um, when we think about hybrid ministry, uh, how do you think that's going to help the church with uh, reaching more people with kind of growth, multi-site, all that kind of thing? Um how can hybrid ministry kind of enable that do you think yeah well very simply i think it's it's now on people's radars how easy it is for someone to tune into church online um in our services you know again we we really made an effort to engage our online audience so uh yeah so we got our congregation to wave at the camera Mm-hmm. So um, it was like, hey, in the service, we're going to, you know, we've got welcome bags for new people in the room. Um, and then we will just we have got welcome bags for the online, but we just want to wave. So our whole church turned towards the camera and waved. And there was that constant, constant reminder that there was an online presence. And um, when we talked about online, um, you know, we said, hey, you know, invite someone to church. If, it, you know, if the idea of coming um you know to um the building which is not on someone's radar just get them you know send them an invite you know um get your phones out right now the live stream's going out right now share it and so people always had uh, online on their radar um and so I, I think that's that that's that was so that was so important and, and it's gonna and when you know when we gave out to in congregation services 
um, it's going to be easy, even easier to talk about the online invite, to be honest. If you said to someone, hey, we've got a live stream, invite your well, if you're going to be like, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been there, I've done that. Um, and, and, and I think people, uh, newcomers to the church will probably, this is what I suspect, will probably say, I'm just going to check out online first. Or yeah. they might say, hey, I'm going to check out on demand first, um, you know, before accepting yes. that invite. Um, and it, so it's going to be it's going to be a, an interesting time. But in terms of the congregation, very simply, there's going to be I love it. We use a, a, a database software called Church Suite, which I know yes. a lot of churches do. Yeah. Um, and I love it. And at the start of COVID, they had a drop down menu um, for, for the location. You always had to put an address of, uh, of, of, of an event. <laughs> um, but now, of course, you can drop down. Is it in person or is it online? And what's the online link? And I think that's going to be always the conversation about is it in person or online? Um, both don't they by any means shouldn't have to battle against each other. Um, you know, do I think that, you know, a certain one has a, a perk <laughs> or a certain, you know, has advantages? You know, absolutely. But um, I think congregation are, are, are going to always um, have that on their radar. So so we're in the most exciting time when we talk about doing an online prayer event. That's not going to go into a cold um, level of understanding people are going to be like okay i'll get it i'll get it, <laughs> get it. um but um yeah so it's it, it, it's going to be that um at the same time there is going to be i think a bit of a danger in that we know online is so easy um you know people can go home you know getting that to that 6 a.m prayer meeting might be a bit challenging yeah. but getting to a, a 6 p.m prayer meeting probably might be a bit more scope for people to take part in that so i think i you know again i don't have a simple answer to that but i think we we will have to use the language in the church to say we would love to see you in person. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I think at the st- when when the services reopen, when normality returns, whatever that may be, people are going to crave in person. But the the easiest or the easiness of online is is going to be there. Um, but yeah, so I think yeah, first it's is going to be it's on people's radars, which is going to help so much for the invite. But secondly, it's going to be a fabric of our conversation. Um, it's going to be, um, you know, for churches, uh, you know, we, we've battled with the question, how do we do baptism online? Um, yes. uh, Saddleback, Saddleback Church, because I was reading about it, they did a baptism online with someone in their household pouring a bucket of water over someone. Um, <laughs> and, and, and they've had uh, they've had christenings online, they've, you know, communion online we do. Um, you know, these are all big challenges what simple answer like you know how how do you do baptism online indeed like you know like you can get kind of a whole level theological understanding about this you know what do you class as a baptism and yeah a water baptism all that sort of stuff um but um but yeah like i thought it was fascinating about that saddleback um but again membership you know you know what is you know if someone from kenya says they say to your church i want to become a member do you automatically give them membership in the church that you know you've never met them yeah. in person um you know at what stage do they can they become a member in uh, Saddleback was really interesting with Jay Crander who's the online pastor he said about there are things that the online congregation can do but also some things they can't or uh, one thing they can't so if they've never met someone in person one thing they can't is go on a Saddleback mission tour because they said that if you go on a Saddleback mission tour you've got to be really close to someone like, you know, you are, you know, you're going on tour where things are really difficult. Um, and you know, you want to, you want to know who they are really beyond just a zoom call, quite frankly. So they actually said to this couple who interested on the Saddleback mission, Hey, you need to really join our congregation, get, get a sense of our culture, 
meet the team, get the people who you want to go on mission with. Uh, you need to do that in person. So that was that was the can it stay online or does it need to be in person? <laughs> you know, what's the transition there? So there's a whole heap of questions, you know, there and and you know, for a whole strands of different churches, there's gonna be different answers to that as well. Um, but um, yeah, so th- th- there's a ho- that you know policies of your on the governance or that sort of thing. There's going to be lots of arguments. I know as elders uh, as a church, we we battled around the idea because if you look at Life Church, well, they don't even have membership. But if you look at some churches, they they very freely give the idea of a full membership to someone who is just on only be on online. Um, but should that be the case? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, what you know, what is the transition? So yeah, it's a whole heap of questions that are going to come into the fabric of you know church, con- you know, conversations right now. Yeah, that's great. And I think you're right when you say, you know, now it's to invite people. It's, it's so easy. You know, the, if you're on Facebook Live, you know, you've got that little share button that's in the bottom left hand corner. It's so easy just to click share. And that's that's a good thing. And it's but it's also not a good thing because you're not create. You know, it's so easy to go to church that you're now creating. It doesn't feel like there's any. um uh, there's, there's no uh i try, try to think of the, the, the right word for it i think it's it's so accessible that it becomes almost consumeristic and it becomes so you can you can join in exit at will and 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 so that's been one of the i think that's going to be an interesting shift as we think going forwards and i think with um you know inviting people to church how the church often used to do was you know you'd rely on personal invites this is before the you know the, the day of uh, social media um, but now you can invite people to an online service it does make it easier but I think the other thing you know a lot of churches would think about community activities and think about you know, how can they onboard people into a, a Sunday service really well and so those community activities would would be done do you think that's going to change how do you think that dynamic is going to work with uh, using community activities being in the community but also now there's this uh, more of an online path do you think that's going to change where from meeting the church now potentially in the community is not do you think that's changing to more online now i think to put that kind of question into context as we have a church we've got you know a food hub that we have every thursday morning um and the majority of people who come to that food hub are not part of the church so it's a community-based thing how did people hear about our food hub it was from facebook ads so we've done a large facebook ad campaign um and it was across the whole of exeter and you know i know i've got an ad run at the moment which was hundred pounds I think for the whole of this month um and people are engaging right now um and um th- they might people might not might have never considered church might you know I can tell you right now people who come to the feedback have never even heard of us before yet they are coming and so I think it's understanding those those tools of um you know that are out there now and you know if, if no church has considered Facebook ads or thought why are you giving money to Facebook? I do, I do understand that because it's a good question. Why are you giving money to Facebook? But you know, for us, I know we used to do loads of printed material, um, loads of invites. You know, if we had like a a service or community based event or whatever it may be, we um, you know printed out ten thousand leaflets and leaflet dropped every single home. Um, of course, there's value in that. I don't think it's you know, loads of companies will say physical paper copies have value, but the targeting on Facebook ads is so precise. 
um so so clever um it's um it, it's worth it so yeah if you want it uh, here's a really cool thing uh, uh, a guy called Stephen Fogg I know in Australia he does Facebook ad campaigns for churches and he runs a campaign for like a toddler group so if you've got a toddler group as a church and you want to reach your, reach your community you can create a Facebook ad directed to all parents uh, with kids under a certain age and you can say hey there's a toddler group for you so that wow. is a real precise precision he runs a he might do a um a, a, um a facebook ad campaign about a, a marriage course or a pre-marriage course um uh, for non-church people <laughs> he wants to reach yeah. non-church people um he'll run a facebook ad campaign for um soon to be couples so you know you can do like the um you know relationship status engaged or you know whatever it may be mm-hmm. um you know and uh, the funny thing that he said about that is that when he's when he does um facebook ad campaigns for um couples to engage couples in the community he actually rarely targets men. <laughs> he only targets women because yeah. he knows that the women are the decision makers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he knows that the guys will just scroll past. So he said that one time he was targeting men and women. He said it was doing all right. But um, he switched off the man option, only targeted to women. Lo and behold, the bookings came in. Wow. So, um, so, so actually, you know, how, you can, yeah, how we can engage our community is the online way. It's using online tools. Um, you know, uh, and with that, like, I, I know as a church, like we've, did these Facebook ad, ad campaigns and we've had community, the community like our church Facebook, Facebook page, and they might stay there for ages. They might stay uh, hovering, looking, observing at our church Facebook page two or three years before they even walk through the church of a building, before they even know a single person in our church. Yet they've seen a digital engagement from us and people are intrigued. People are interested. Um, so like, I know from our alpha, for example, like we want to attract non-Christians. We principally only do the advertising through Facebook ads. Um, and, and that's how we, you know, we're running two courses at the moment, only through Facebook ads, um, how we get that connection point. So um, to reach our community has never been easier to, to, pr- to get the precision targeting of our community who we want to reach because it has never been easier. But there is a consideration that obviously there's a cost involved. Um, you know, that's a change in mindset. <laughs> like, you know, we're not going to spend, um, you know, on certain things uh, that we can see or those paper-based materials, we're going to spend it online. And it's going to be a little bit risky. Like, you, you might not get the targeting correct, first of all. Um, you know, does Facebook, um, you know, calls to action, you know, mean an alpha sign-up? No, of course they don't. You might have, you know, a couple of thousand people click on an advert. And of course, every advert is a cost. Um, but you might get a small percentage of that. But, you know, they're, 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 the, art, they're the people who you want. So, um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, the community are going to see your church if you make an active effort to reach them. And one way is through Facebook ads and, you know, your live streams. That's another tool. You know, your social media. That's another tool. Um, you know, this is this is not just to tell the story of your church and what your church does. It's an opportunity for interaction, community and for relationship. Um, people will be hovering people will be looking people will be making judgments um, they'll be looking at your church face at pace and page and make, make a judgment on your judgmental church like you know um, so what you post needs to be intentional um, you know I know churches who have got social media pastors you know and particularly in the USA and the whole job is to pastor people on social media so forget about this church online world where uh, we might see these people by their names or even on zoom they're pastoring people by their name who might 
one time post a comment you know they're they're passed from people on social media. it's crazy passed from people on twitter passed from people on instagram like it's crazy but um you know past I, I know a vicar who was on tiktok and she's got 60,000 followers on tiktok wow. and she's passed from people on tiktok of a non-christian audience who are asking people uh, you know tiktok is a younger audience so you know a younger audience is saying my mum's got cancer can you pray for her my parents are in a marriage difficulty can you pray for them and she is praying in a world that is real messy because the tiktok yeah. world if you know anything about tiktok is a messy world um but those people would never perhaps could never consider church but yeah she's you know these people see a dog collar on this vicar and they and they say can you pray for me they trust it so you know like i i call her like a real interested missionary in um, a tiktok world um but these opportunities are out there where people are we can give the gospel on clubhouse which you mentioned earlier like you know there are all sorts of people who think they know all on there we can bring the gospel on there you know we can have a, a clubhouse discussion about does god heal today and we could do live healings on clubhouse we won't see these people in person we'll only know them by their voice yeah, yeah, does can God move there? I bet He will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. God's not contained to a building, and we know we know that from the online world. There. So it's going to be a messy, in a good way, messy world of what it may be like. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. That's really, really good. And um, just finally, before we uh, before we let you go, just love to get some. You know, have you got any tips or tricks for, especially for small churches? I think that you know um we we can get you know engage a lot with small churches and they're always wondering you know how can we do live streaming better so do you, yeah do you have any tips and tricks that we, that small churches could put into uh into practice yeah consume as much as you can like i know a lot of um people in my position who love this online world sort of stuff who, who consume a lot so i know that as a person, I'm always on Facebook looking at other church social media pages and copying ideas. Um, and I think that's probably a bit of a golden phrase, really. You can copy a lot of ideas. Um, you know, a lot of people are trying stuff out um, and, and seeking what works. Like, you know, there are you'll see some really good services that develop an online congregation really well and some that don't. But just just try out ideas like the, as I say before, the, the tech is really easy um the the tech is most affordable it's ever been not to say it's exactly cheap but it's most affordable and accessible that you probably can teach yourself on youtube so you know to get a high quality product is is not difficult but to get something that um is creative that really fuels and engages an on, online audience is is not always easy right now so co- consume um loads of content learn from other people um and for that smaller church um is Looking who in the congregation can help, which I know is always a golden saying, but, you know, with that social media, you know, if you understand that social media is an important tool, get a young person to to engage with it, you know, give them the passwords. Um, it will, it probably might, might, probably, probably will do. Get messy, there might be some posts and you'd be like, what, you know, what are they posting right now? But, you know, this young generation are the digitally connected church uh, people that's ever been. Like they, you know, and it will look different. They will communicate differently. You know, they will be on TikTok and do some crazy stuff on there. That is like, that's not church, <laughs> you know, but they're doing something differently. So empower people um, as much as you can. You know, and I also think um, is, is look to local colleges and local universities, which sounds a little bit bizarre idea, but I know as a, as a church, like we would love to, uh, we've got a local college who, who do a, like a TV course, a film course. So I'm currently reaching out to them at the moment and say, can you get some of your students to come down and, and 
you know engage with our media stuff uh, you know and to make some films and you know we can give you a testimonial um can you film it for us or something um you know it's, it's different it's you know is it crazy yeah. doing it so so again not you know look in the world around you um you know looking at what partnerships you can form uh, what charities are out there what i say colleges schools like you know we have a lot of contact with schools and they're always asking you know can schools be involved or students be involved um, and yeah, there is a little bit of you know, there's trust in there. They're going to be using our kit and everything like that. But, you know, we we believe there's going to be such fruit with that, not just firstly for the relationship, the content they can produce and the, the wisdom they can produce as a young person. So, um, so yeah, all, so yeah, for a small church, it's always about thinking creatively, consume as much, but also getting those partnerships and, and trust in people probably radically than you ever might have done before. Um, but this online world is, is is a high volume world. You know, when you make a Facebook post, it's out there. You've got to think of the next Facebook post. So, you know, it's a lot of work. So try and get other people involved. It will really help you. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to, yeah. to be with us today. It's like really insightful and uh, how you're thinking these through these things through is really, really helpful. And I think church leaders uh, across the UK are going to uh, really find this helpful. So thank you so much for, for your time today. Pleasure. <laughs> cool. Take care. Cheers. Eh? Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church. And we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we will see you soon. Bye for now.